Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. And good morning. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. Thank you for joining us this morning for Real Presence Live. We're broadcasting today from The Banquet in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. How are you, Dr. Bergwald? I'm doing well. How are you, Heather? I am good. It's been a beautiful day and a beautiful week so far. It's not beautiful. Yes, it is. We get to say sunny in Sioux Falls a lot of the time, but it's not today. Well, it's... It's sprinkling in Sioux Falls. The weather isn't hot. It's not too humid, so that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. All right. All right. It's a beautiful thing. (laughs) I could take that. So I heard you have a prayer for I us. I do. So uh, pop quiz, Heather. No. I know, I know. I know. We're live on the radio broadcasting to literally millions of people. You haven't pop quizzed me for a while. Yeah, I know time. I haven't. Um, any idea whose feast day it is today, Heather? No, I didn't look it up. Just be honest. Thanks for your honesty. No. Um, it's, it's the feast of St. Bernard of Clairvaux. What do most people know St. Bernard most for? St. Bernard? Does that sound more familiar yes. to you? What? Like what? A dog. Right? Yes. The, the species of dog. Yes, St. Um, Bernard's, those big exactly. furry <laughs> animals. So he, it's his feast, his feast day. He's a, a saint from the <laughs> 12th century um, who uh, was a monk and established uh, the monastery, monastery at Clairvaux. And it's his feast today. So we're going to seek his intercession as we start. Perfect. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm-hmm. O God who made of the abbot St. Bernard a man consumed with zeal for your house and a light shining and burning in your church. Grant through his intercession that we may be on fire with the same spirit and walk always as children of light. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well there done, we Dr. Bergwald. Thank you, ma'am. All right. Well, we have an exciting show, a great show uh, with lots of wonderful guests this morning. But before we get too far, we're going to head on up to Fargo. Eli, tell us what's going on today. Oh, thanks, Heather. I was hoping you'd remember me. (laughs) We would never forget you. (laughs) All right. Here's what's coming up on this morning's show. The Banquet is a ministry that has been nourishing the Sioux Falls community for over 33 years, serving hundreds of thousands of meals each year to those in need. We'll hear more about this ministry in our first segment. And she was raised Catholic, but became Lutheran after getting married. Yet, she never felt quite at home. Tune in as we visit with Jennifer Schaefer about her journey of faith and what it was that ultimately led her and her family home to the Catholic Church during our inspired segment. And marriage is a gift, and it's a gift to be celebrated. You can do just that in the Diocese of Duluth with this year's anniversary Mass and Dinner. We'll find out about the story behind this event and what's all included in this special evening as we visit with Bev Baudet. All this and a whole lot more coming up this morning on Real Presence Live. Heather? Wonderful. Thank you, Eli. How's the weather up in Fargo? You know, it's a, it was a little sprinkly this morning, but uh, I, I didn't have to have the wipers going when I was coming over here, so it's uh, shaping up to be a great day. <laughs> Good. I had the wipers on low. You did? Low. So they make that horrible <laughs> No, no, it was not slow, just slow. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Eli, for that update. My pleasure. All right. We'll talk to you about an hour-ish. 
Maybe. Oh, you'll hear me all throughout the show. Oh, shoot. I'll That's be the right. voice in your head. Oh, yeah. Dang it. He is the voice in our head. Well, very good. Well, we're excited for our next, our first guest this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, we have somebody actually from the banquet here with us, and I'm actually going to turn up Madeline's uh, speaker first. Madeline, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm great. Good. And thank you for serving last night. You are welcome. It was quite an experience. It was fun. Well, I'm it was glad. Very fun. I'm glad you had a great experience because that is what we <coughs> want to hear from our volunteers. Mm-hmm. Who wants to come and not have a good time? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, for the listeners, tell them a little bit about the banquet. Sure. What the banquet is is we are a feeding ministry, and we serve uh, 13 meals each week in two locations. We do 11 meals here at Eighth and Indiana. Um, in Central Sioux Falls, and we serve two nights a week in rented space on the WH Lion Fairgrounds, um, and that's Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. And so we serve uh, nearly 200,000 meals each year to people wow. who are in need of food assistance. Wow. Beautiful ministry. It, Beautiful. it is a wonderful place, and I am blessed to be able to work here. Wonderful. Well, we're excited today because you actually brought along a guest. Will you introduce your guest? I will. With me this morning is Alvina Ducheneau, and she is a wonderful uh, supporter of the banquet and a guest of the banquet. Thanks for being here, Alvina. Yes. Thank morning, you. Alvina. Good to have you here. Good morning. Thank you, guys. Thank <laughs> Good you. Good morning. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. My, I'm Alvina Ducheneau, and i originally from... Standing Rock Sioux Tribe, Fort Yates, North Dakota, and I came down here in 1997, and um, I have two daughters here, and I have 13 grandkids, wow. and we all come to the banquet all the time mm. to eat, my grandchildren and I, and I work part-time at uh, um, Howard, South Dakota with the PBM public uh, the graphics up there with mm-hmm. Pokemon cards and stuff. Oh sure. Like that. Oh cool. <laughs> so you're a popular grandma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I take whoops. And I take care of all my grandkids. Oh. Uh, Good for my, you, Alvina. And uh, without this place here, I would well want nowhere to turn. Yeah. And Magdalene and the banquet has helped me and my my family. And it's very hard, you know, difficult times with, um, I got um, seven grandkids. Wow. So I always bring them to come and eat. And Mm -hmm. it's very hard, but without being blessed by this place, you know, we get a good meal. Mm -hmm. It's nourishment, everything, even with backpacks, glue, supplies Mm -hmm. for my grandkids, you know. And I'm just a grandmother that you know struggles from time to time but without God and Jesus you know I you know I'm a strong Christian woman I gave my life to Jesus nine years ago and I also have um, battling with cancer in my breast so I'm just um, out there doing what I can and I'm happy that Magdalene's here you know been helping me and I'm very proud of the Meglin and the staff here they're all beautiful people and when I come here this is my second place because I could feel Jesus here I feel his presence here and he's very you know it helps us and other families not only me but other families Uh, it helps others you know they have a, a good breakfast in the morning and all the wonderful staff and 
the people that volunteer they did some of them come to me and they just open up i open up to them we talk about god we talk about jesus you know jesus is here you know he blessed everybody here mm -hmm. blessed people like me that you know with this beautiful place here Absolutely. and that's a real honor you know and us, you know. Amen. Amen. But you, was it 1997? You said you came to Sioux yeah, Falls. Yeah, and I didn't know where to go at the time, and I was really struggling. So, w when and how did you find the banquet? Um, my daughter was going around, and then she said, "Hey, mom, I found a place where we could eat." Mm. You know, because we were having such a hard time. And then, just recently, about two years ago, I lost my son-in-law. Mm. She was; they were married for 25 years. Wow. And he had cancer. They could, they did all they could. He lost his battle. Mm -hmm. So some of the grandkids I take care of to help her while she's at work. Right. So, but I love you know Sioux Falls and it's nice here. It's great. <laughs> so your daughter found. Now was it at this location or were you were you? It was over there at the old okay, one. Okay. The okay. Old so you've one. known about the ministry for quite a few years. Yeah, Great. for the ministry. Good. But then when this one came, I I was happy to see this one, and this one is really nice, mm -hmm. and I feel comfortable here. It's my second home. Like I come mm -hmm. to bring the kids when I'm tired, because I have a twelve-hour shift every now and Ooh. then. So it's just temporary with the command center. Yep. So I'm yep. one of the drivers. Okay. So okay. whenever I can, I have my lows and downs sometimes. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. If, if for folks who don't know, um, that plant that, uh, that Alvin is talking about is in DeSmet, South Dakota. Mm -hmm. And that's all a couple hours yeah, from, from Sioux here, Falls. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so that is quite a haul where um, she drives to go to work <clears throat> and then works a 12-hour shift. Wow. Um, and is a caregiver for um, numerous grandchildren. Seven, yes. I think and, yes. Um, yes. You know, you you have talked to me about some of the struggles and homelessness mm -hmm. and homelessness, um, sleeping in your car. Yes. You know, but the one thing that I love about you is that you are always positive. Yes, you I have do. never given up. I have never given up. And you are always there for other people when you uh, when anyone asks like yes. for instance today mm -hmm. i asked her if she could yes. come and be on the radio this morning and she yeah. said absolutely yes. Yes. and and that shows that the banquet truly is a family right. um everybody here that eats here you know i say we serve 200,000 meals a year yes. there are thousands of people who walk through these doors yes. during the year uh whether they're volunteers or if they are guests we know each other we care about each other and we check in on each other and it truly is a family atmosphere and i think that's really hard for others to understand mm -hmm. until they come here and just see Experience how it, it. works right mm -hmm. yeah. right yes. right yes. But when you first heard about the bag would come was, was it hard to come i mean you know sometimes i don't know about you but for me um there can be some pride in well i i, yes. I don't want to have to depend on other people or was, yes. the, or was that a challenge for you yeah or? it was a challenge for me and then i prayed about it i said well i just have to pray about this so i did and then i said no i better go because mm -hmm. i couldn't do it with my grandkids my numerous grandkids right, that right. i had and i wasn't getting help we were just living on what i make through 
that's what I was doing, right. and I couldn't do it. So finally, I start coming with them. We had wonderful Christmases here with them. Mm pictures I mean it was Santa Claus was here they loved that they said grandma I got to see Santa Claus they had <laughs> gifts it was really tremendously blessing for me and my family praise God so I praise him I praise his name every day Amen. Yeah. Well, if you're just tuning in, we are talking with Alvina from the banquet and Madeline, and we're just talking about some of the benefits that this ministry has and how it helps people. And one thing you were talking about is coming in and seeing, you know, all these people with smiling faces and Jesus and all these people, but we can see Jesus through you. I mean, just the joy on your face <laughs> and the peace that's radiating <laughs> off of you, you know, we're seeing Jesus through you too oh, and that's a beautiful you. gift thank you thank you guys nice meeting you guys I'm so <laughs> happy that you're just like a family to me like my Christian family so Amen. what would you say I know a lot of uh, people you don't have to be homeless to come here um, we see a lot of when we served last night there's a wide variety of people that come to the banquet what would you say if somebody needs to come to the banquet but is too shy or too ashamed to come I'll just tell them it's, um, I would bring them here and offer to bring them here. There are many times I did offer, and I did bring some people here from Command Center because they had nowhere to go, so I brought them here. And they were really thankful, and they still come here. Some are from Africa, from Sudanese, oh, wow. and so they come here a lot. And they said, thank you, Alvina, for giving us that information because they didn't know where to go, They, you know. And some of them are struggling too. They're from Africa. Mm -hmm. They're from Sudan. Mm -hmm. So they work up there with me. So they're really happy that they have this place here. Right, <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So, Absolutely. what does it mean to you, Elvina, when you come in and see? Uh, you, you I mean, thanks, Madeline, many times and the rest. What does it mean to you to see the smiling faces of the staff and the volunteers who are here? Not just to serve you, to, but to be with you, to visit with you. I could feel their love mm. and their protection and I feel safe here and I could eat in peace you know and uh, it just it just they just make me feel at home sometimes it get overwhelming and I mm. I after I pray you know we eat our meal and I was so thankful and I praise God I tell him thank you God for bringing me here thank you for this wonderful meal that was provided by the volunteers and yeah. stuff and, you know you talked about christmas any other um things times stick out in a particular way when you've come maybe with the grandkids um and, and some of the conversations you had any other holidays or anything that are particularly special for you yes um uh, christmas is very special to my grandkids sometimes um you know i'll tell them that's Jesus' birthday, so mm -hmm. you want to go to the banquet and celebrate his birthday? And they say, yeah, Grandma, yeah, <laughs> Nana. They don't call me Grandma, they call me Nana. Nana, yeah. Nana, yeah, yeah. we want to go, and they come. And um, I I get so happy to see them open up their gifts, and yeah. then they make me something <coughs> here. And I'm so happy to see their faces, and then they say, oh, Grandma, look at what I got from Santa Claus. And... It was really That's good, beautiful. you know, that that really touched my heart. Right. And under not only for me, but for the other families that come here yep. that struggle like me. Yep. So 
So holidays, Madeline, you're, are you, you're open Christmas Day? You serve we, guests Christmas Day? We do not. We have a Christmas Eve dinner. Okay. Eve, yeah. Eve, um, Eve. There are a lot of other things going on on Christmas Day in yep. the community, and so we don't duplicate services. Yep. Um, so we always do a Christmas Eve dinner. Okay. Um, and then, as uh, Alvina was saying before, we do have Santa here a couple of weeks before Christmas. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a church that comes and does family portraits, yeah. mm. um, which is really, really really a blessing because many many families um, they yeah. don't have the funds to get a family picture mm-hmm. taken that is priceless to so many mm-hmm. families to be able to get something uh, where the whole family they dress up and they come and uh, Thanksgiving Day of course we are open and we have our big run for food and that's our largest fundraiser that morning and um, if anybody's out there, you don't have to run. You don't have to walk. <laughs> Actually, I say stay in bed. And then when you, when you get up, just go online and make a donation toward the run for food. There we go. Yeah. I think the, the yeah. two of our priests in our diocese are uh, Father Paul Rutten and Father John Rutten. And I think yes. the Rutten family, yes. many of them yes. serve on Thanksgiving morning. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Well, I just want to do one quick shout out before we have to go to break that the banquet, I don't know if people saw, had a, a devastating loss. Can you tell real brief how what that loss we was? We did. A sprinkler head in our walk-in freezer, it, it popped, and all of the food that was in that freezer <coughs> was contaminated with stagnant water that came from that sprinkler head. Um, we were able to save a couple of thousand dollars worth of hermetically sealed food, but everything else had to be tossed. It was about a $15,000 loss. Wow. So we are in the midst of trying to replenish our freezer. So we are taking gifts of um, meat and donations of uh, cash to help replenish that food. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for being on with us this You're morning. Welcome. Thanks, Alvina. Thanks thank, for you. thank you. Have a great day. Thank yeah. you. Have a great day. Bye. Coming up next, what brought Father George a sea gray to the United States from Africa? We're excited to hear more. And later, what questions do you have about the Catholic faith or about the world around us? Monsignor Charles Mangan of the Diocese of Sioux Falls and I will be ready for your comments and questions during our Straight Talk segment. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Heather Carroll. And we are broadcasting live from the banquet in Sioux Falls, right here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Built Upon a Rock Fest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rock Fest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rock Fest on September 14th. Attend a Catholic Unite Financial Workshop with Brian Zitzman, your local Catholic Unite rep on end-of-life issues from a Catholic perspective. Our speakers will discuss Catholic Church teaching on health care directives, protecting human dignity, and end-of-life financial issues. The free workshops will be at 7 p.m. on August 28th at St. Joseph Parish in Montevideo and September 4th at St. Andrew Parish in Granite Falls. Text WORKSHOP to 1-800-568-6670 to save your seat. Are you thirsting for God's love? 
His mercy, His forgiveness. You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Event Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. This is Real Presence Live, where the devil is dumb, Christ is king, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice. Good morning. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. How are you this morning, everyone? Thank you for tuning they in. I can't answer you, Heather. This is radio. I can feel it. Okay. I can feel it. How are you? <laughs> Great. We, lo- we love the show. That's what they're saying. There we go. <laughs> What a great testimony we just heard. Yeah, beautiful. Elvina's story. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love good stories like that. But we're moving right along to our next guest. They are in the Fargo office. Good morning. We have Father George Asigre and Deacon Nick. Are you with us? Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing today? It's a beautiful day up here in the valley. Amen. Amen. Father, thanks for uh, joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and and uh, how you came to northern Minnesota? Yeah, my name is uh, Father George Asigre, and uh, from uh, St. Francis Xavier in West Africa and uh, Ghana in particular. Uh, and uh, the thing I'd like you to know about my name uh, is my, my middle name, which is Atanga, and Atanga means a rock. Uh, it, it was given me by my parents. Uh, I wasn't born into a Catholic family, but traditional home. And uh, the reason I was named Atanga is that uh, the first three children of my mother died at infancy. And uh, they named me Atanga, which means a rock, uh, to shame death, and a, uh, an expression of a personal deity that will ensure that I live on. And uh, by God's grace, I did live on. And uh, now in the light of Christianity, I think that they really picked a good name for me in the light of knowing that uh, St. Peter or Peter was named the Rock. Yes. And I've been ordained for like uh, 28 years now. Oh, wow. Uh, I've worked mainly in Ghana and I had opportunity to work in the Johns Hopkins Hospital for two years, but I've been back in Ghana for all this while. Um, I'm here at this particular time um, uh, to have uh, an opportunity to interact with uh, the people of this area, especially um, uh, St. Williams Parish and Twin Valley. And uh, there has been a relationship for the past 12 years, and I came into that relationship. And as they say, uh, it doesn't matter the distance. If you, the roots of your relationship are very strong, uh, the, the distance doesn't matter. I believe I'm, I'm here to try to reignite and to strengthen that bond that we have uh, cultivated together. And uh, through that, we're able to grow in our relationship with one another and with God and to be able to be strengthened by that. Praise God. How long have you been at St. Williams then? I've been in St. Williams since uh, last, uh, I arrived on, uh, I think it on was the 14th. on the 14th. Yeah. Yes, yeah. On so the 14th. he celebrated this Feast of the Assumption with us, um, okay. and then he will be here until next Thursday. Then he's going back to uh, to uh, um, New Jersey, and he's going to visit New Orleans. So he's going to have a, uh, wow. going back to Africa on the 14th of September. So this is going to be wow. quite a fast trip for him. 
Yeah. Um, Deacon Nick, can you, can you talk a little bit about the relation? You mentioned um, off the air about the relationship that St. Williams is, is entering into, if you will. When I was uh, ordained deacon um, 15 years ago, uh, the parish priest um, challenged me to two missions, a local mission and a foreign mission. And so I spent some time searching out, and at the time, Father Barry, Father Clement Barry was the pastor at uh, St. Francis in uh, Weaga, and he was studying at St. Thomas Academy in St. Paul, so we got to, to know him, and that's how we okay. so formulated our relationship. Um, and so over the years, um, with limited ability to correspond, because most of our correspondence was by sa- snail mail, and so it takes three to four weeks to get a letter back and forth, um, uh, but we've done some things with uh, uh, sponsoring students, um, working with uh, the parish on their needs. Um, we've purchased some food. Um, we've sponsored some scholarships for students. Um, we even bought the pastor a car when his car broke down. And, and so we do what we can to help them out in a, in a small way. Um, we're hoping by our exposure today that we can find more people that are willing to to join in, that feel inspired um, to join into this mission. Uh, they're very needy people. But the most inspiring thing about the people from Ghana is is that even though they have so little, they're so rich in spirituality. Um, they're a very prayful people. Um, mass attendance um, is uh, very high compared to what we would have here. Um, and you could talk a little bit about um, your masses there in in, in Weaga. Yeah, actually, um, my main parish is uh, in Weaga, and then we have seven other outstation churches. We call them quite uh, distances apart. Seven of them, and we're just two uh, priests in the parish, and we take turns in visiting all these parishes. Averagely, I would say we have about fifteen hundred of people coming to mass on on Sunday, wow. and we're trying to reach wow. them as best we can. And uh, every celebration is so lively. We express ourselves so freely with music, with dance, and and I think it uh, encourages and fosters the growth of the faith. And, uh, why, this do you, is a, why do you? Yeah. Why do you feel like that has um, become such a huge thing for people to come to mass? It seems like there's just been an explosion over there. What do you I, say to that on why that might be happening? I think generally, like uh, one. Uh, Kenyan uh, philosopher said the African is notoriously religious. You grow up seeing religious symbols all over around you. Even as a child, you you notice that even your dad, before he leaves the house, pours a libation. Before you see all these religious symbols, not in churches, but even uh, uh, in the form of uh, vehicles that you see on road, they name them. Businesses are named this way and uh, all these try to encourage and uh, reinforce that uh, God is always present in everything. We see the hand of God in all things that we do and I think this is a booster towards uh, uh, vocation uh, development and, and growth. Wow, that's beautiful. So it becomes a part of their everyday life. I it love is that. exactly every day. And these people will wow. walk miles to come to Mass. Um, we have a hard time walking a few blocks um, and so the spirituality, yeah. you know, the, and so even though that they're poor in materialism, they're so rich in spirituality that they inspire us. And so we can help them with our materialism to, to provide for their basic needs, their food, shelter, um, and they pray for us. And so it's a two-way mission. Um, they inspire us with their spirituality, and we try to help them with their material needs. 
Right. Well, we're down to our last minute. We're running out. It's been a great interview. I just want to give people an opportunity to find out more about this mission. Is there some way that they can uh, find more information on you guys? Um, the St. Williams Parish has a Facebook page. That is probably our most um, visible site. And so if you wanted to join, um, to follow us on there, we will post pictures and um, uh, some of the things that we do there. Um, we also have, um, to find us, uh, you can find the St. Williams Parish on, on Google, and uh, you can contact us that way. Um, but uh, if you follow us on the Facebook page, we will be posting pictures and comments on, on the things that we're doing, the things that they need, some of the projects that we're heading towards. Um, we are also, from here, we're going to the OND, uh, the, our, our Northland Diocese, the Crookston Diocese newspaper, and there'll be an article in there coming out next uh, month. So uh, look for more information from uh, the Crookston Diocese newspaper. And again, Deacon, that's the St. Williams Parish in Twin Saint Valley, St. William Minnesota, in right? Twin Valley, Minnesota, yes. Okay, great. All right, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us Thank this you, morning. Father. Deacon? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right. God bless you both. Hey, thanks for having us. We appreciate this. You bet. Oh, that was a great mission, and we've got more coming up. We have Straight Talk next with Monsignor Mangan. He is back in the States, folks. I can see him with my own eyes. Can just take a quick 60-second break. We'll be back in just a moment. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. One of the things that I see happen is, let's say somebody's been listening to the radio and they pick up an idea, they then sit down with their friends at coffee or over cookies and bars, whatever, and they're talking about it and that item, then they say, well, let's call Father and get a little, let's double check that. Let's get a little deeper view on it. But also, when it comes to the events, for example, we have a group here and they look at the faith and then they move deeper into it what is the reason for this? Why do we Catholics believe this? And as that group has grown, they brought others in, they've talked about it, they're reaching out, and it actually evolved into a street ministry where they stood down by Paul and Babe with a cart, with some books, with some medals, with some rosaries, and they encountered people on the street. I was very impressed with that, very impressed that our people would move forward. Our Bible studies become stronger as people hear the word and then they share it with one another. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back, folks. That means it is straight talk time. Straight talk time. Straight talk time. Call us, 877-795-0122. Again, the number is 877-795-0122. And, folks, today is the day you need to call in. We've got a big double header coming your way. We've got Monsignor Charles Mangan in one of the seats and Dr. Chris Bergwald in the other I'm just gonna sit back and watch. <laughs> okay, but we're not. You make, you're setting this up like a prize fight, Heather. It's not like Monsignor are gonna be battling, not battling each other. But 
there We're is. <laughs> I would be. I would guess that there is very little these two between their two brains couldn't figure out. Well, well, let's not make this stump the uh, the guests, the Monsignor, could, the, the doctor. We don't want that at all. Stump the DC Bergwald. So yeah, please feel free to call in eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or you can pose your questions on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather, you mentioned that you haven't seen Monsignor since he got back. Maybe we should talk about back from where and how that was a little bit while our while our questions are coming in. Yeah, well, we we had to send him away. <laughs> he did not the first time. Not, not the first, not the first time. time. It wasn't the first time Monsignor's gotten a timeout. <laughs> no, you had the opportunity to go to Rome. I did. What were you doing in Rome for a year? Well, Heather, I was there uh, from Ash Wednesday approximately, actually before Ash Wednesday, uh, until the end of June. And I had the opportunity to study uh, in Rome and spend time uh, at the Casa Santa Maria, which is the house for priests from the United States, diocesan priests who are studying in Rome, sent by their bishops to study. It was a beautiful blessing for me. I was studying Mariology, uh, as I have before, and it was just another great gift. Wow. Now, is it true that you got your uh, doctorate? I'm working on the dissertation that leads to the doctorate, yes. And it's on Mariology? It is. It's on the the Marian references in the writings of St. John Fisher. How many doctors are there in that field? Uh, well, as far as Mariologists, uh, there would be many throughout really? the world, uh, many who have studied theology and then perhaps have a special application to Mariology. Um, so there's great interest. Wow. There really is. Beautiful. It's yes. perfect for you. Yes. Yeah. It's a beautiful blessing. Praise Absolutely. God. Well, we do have our first question, Monsignor. Um one e- emailed in from Tiffany. I'm going to ha- go ahead and read it, and um, I'll, I'm reading it, so that means you get the first crack at answering it. How's it, how's it sound? <laughs> that sounds fine. See what I did there, Monsignor? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Tiffany emailed in. My question in short is, why be Catholic? To expand, if we are Christians or disciples of Christ, and we are following the commands given to us in the Bible, that is, learning about God, making time for him each day by reading his word, and spending time in prayer, spreading the good news, and striving each and every day to get closer to God and to do his will, why should we become Catholic in your opinion? Why would we not simply strive to be like Paul, who was called a Christian, and proved to be living his life for Christ, and who continued the work Christ started when he was here? Looking forward to your hearing your input. Thank you. Tiffany, thank you for that great question. As you said, it's a simple question in a sense. Why be Catholic? And you uh, gave a, a, a beautiful, um, expanded uh, version of your question. So again, Monsignor, what, what's your initial thought on Tiffany's question? Well, Tiffany, I would say that... Uh To be a Catholic is the perfect realization of what it means to be a Christian. I think we could also say that your question, in a sense, might be, is Christianity enough? Is it enough to be a Christian? And I would say, uh, in its most pure form, yes, it would be enough to be a follower of Christ. How that happens is by attending to not only sacred scripture, but also to the vast body of what the church has captured and passed down to us over the years. So we're really talking here about scripture and tradition. To be a Catholic is to apply what it means to be a Christian uh, in its fullest form. Now, that isn't a spirit of elitism. It's not a spirit of superiority. Triumphalism. That's right. But what it is, is it's to be able to understand that um, all that has happened in 2,000 years is not for naught. 
you know, it's not enough to be frozen and to say, we believe uh, what happened at the time of Jesus. Uh, and of course, that's so important. But what about the bride of Christ, the church, being able to explain? How do we accept what the church explains to us? Therefore, uh, to be a Catholic makes sense. It's a reasonable and rational application of what it means to be a Christian. I think it's a beautiful answer, Monsignor. Just to uh, add to it a little bit, I think, um, or, or compliment it, um, I think sometimes when um, other Christians look at the Catholic Church or think about uh, the various Christian traditions, Baptist, Lutheran, Methodist, I think sometimes... Uh, other Christians look at those as sort of different different flavors. The way we might look at being a Dominican or or a Benedictine or a Franciscan, just different ways to be Christian. And if that were true, I, I think I, coming from that angle, it makes her, Tiffany's question makes a lot of sense. I mean, uh, for us as Catholics, why be Dominican or Franciscan or Benedictine? Uh, right. It doesn't really matter. But for for us. Um, our Catholic faith, as, as you said, Monsignor, um, we hold that through the grace of God alone and not nothing that we did to earn it, that as, as uh, the Catholic Church has been given the fullness of truth and the fullness of the means of salvation without any error. So if we desire to be Christian... to be perhaps hearing hearing us talk about this it might sound elitist as you church would teach the church without error so it's a church that's teaching the fullness of the truth and and our our proposal is if you investigate history and scripture um and you think about this as as so many Christians throughout the centuries have, you see that as, as much good as there is in various traditions, the fullness is, in fact, in the Catholic Church. Yes, and as you said, we don't earn it, uh, we don't deserve it, no. we don't merit it, but we are to avail ourselves of it. Right. We are to have recourse to it. We are to open ourselves to it. Right. Well, and you're both, you're, and here's Heather, the layperson, you're both saying the fullness of truth of the Catholic Church and it, in my mind, what I'm hearing is the Eucharist. Yeah, and I would say, now, there's, we're going to get to another question, I think, in a little bit that's going to come at that from a slightly right. different angle. But okay. um, especially when we're thinking about our Protestant brothers and sisters, why, if, if, if Tiffany, if you and I were having a face-to-face conversation and you said, why be Catholic? My short answer is because of the Eucharist. Yeah. Because uh, I think that's kind of your point, Heather, because we have the opportunity even daily to receive, to be in relationship with Jesus Christ, literally body, blood, soul, and divinity. So beautiful testimony, Tiffany, to um, the the point about uh, praying every day, striving to spread the good news, etc. And and yet, as as Catholics, we're able to take that relationship to another level, mm-hmm. Monsignor, and receive Jesus in the Eucharist. Absolutely. And really, this is about accepting the gift of the sacraments Um, you know that's one of the uh, I think the great tragedies uh, of the 500 years uh, that we've just experienced and that is that so many of our Christian brothers and sisters uh, don't have access to the sacraments the seven sacraments and once again we are grateful for that without in any way thinking that somehow we deserve it but we try to open ourselves to that and be grateful for it I love it 
All right. Thanks well, for that Tiffany question, email question, Tiffany. Absolutely. We're in the middle of straight talk. If you have a question for us, feel free to call in 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. Or you can submit any questions that you ha- might have on Facebook. We're going to go to the phone lines right now. Linda is on the line with us. Linda, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hello? And you have a question for Dr. Bergwald and Monsignor. Yes, I do. We have, we've had this debate several times, and we want to be sure we're telling the right answers. Um, if someone is going to an Orthodox service on a Sunday um, and in full participation with it because of, of a close family member that they're going to Mass with, um, does it count as a Catholic Mass for them on that Sunday? Do they need to go to the Catholic Mass, or is that sufficient for them? Thank you, Linda, for the question. Uh, actually, a Catholic is required to go to a Mass, a Catholic Mass, um, which is in union with Rome. Uh, that is the ideal always to be able to attend Mass, uh, to be able to celebrate our faith, and also to recognize our, our uh, unity uh, with the Vicar of Christ on Earth, who is the Pope. Uh, so, for a Catholic to go to an Orthodox liturgy, the Divine Liturgy, on Sunday, would not fulfill the obligation for a Catholic to attend Mass. Okay. That, that answers it. Thank Are you, you there, so Linda? much. Yes, thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. There aren't Monsignor throughout the region. Um, there are, I think, well, probably a, a handful, at least in the listening area, the Dakota, Minnesota, Dakotas, Minnesota, parts of Wisconsin and Wyoming, um, a few Orthodox parishes, churches. Um, so I know this question does come up on occasion. I think part of it, going back to what we were saying earlier with regard to Tiffany's question, is um, the sacraments are valid uh, in in the Eastern Orthodox churches because they have apostolic succession, but as you mentioned, they aren't in union with right. Rome. Right, that's right. So we look at the uh, sacraments in the Orthodox Church, and certainly, as Dr. Bergwald has said, they are valid. It's just that uh, for us as Catholics, we don't um, celebrate, if you will, the oneness uh, that we have as members of the Catholic Church by attending an Orthodox Church. In order for us to recognize and celebrate that, we do need to attend the Catholic Church for the sacraments. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank Very you. Very interesting. Well, folks, you're listening to Straight Talk. It's your opportunity as listeners to call in and ask some local know-it-alls. <laughs> wow. Kidding. Wow. I'm kidding. They do know a lot, though, folks, truly. 877 If you have any questions on faith or just some maybe current events that are going on and you would like some answers, you can submit them. We can also uh, submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. But, Senior, um, we've just celebrated the Solemnity of the Assumption 
Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And we're coming up into September here, um, where we'll be celebrating the Feast of Her Birth, Our Lady of Sorrows. So um, August and September, I think most months, uh, it it seems (laughs) like these two months in particular are more heavily Marian than some of the other months. Yes. I'm just curious, as, 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 as you just returned from studies in Rome, um, and the, the, the intellectual dimension, you mentioned the Mariology of St. John Fisher, as we're celebrating these feasts, um, any particular angle um, that, that you're, you're struck these days about how Mary impacts the li- our lives, the lives of our listeners? Well, I would say, Dr. Bergwald, we are uh, so blessed and overjoyed to be able to reflect on Mary and to seek to understand her role in our life. Uh, What is this all about? Really, I think it all comes back to the fact that all we say about Mary is derived from her role as the mother of God. So when we think about Mary and we think about her assumption, her assumption happened because she was the worthy mother of God who was conceived without original sin, Um, the ever-virgin mother of God. Whatever feast we're celebrating, and this week we also have the Queenship of Mary, and as you say in September, we have her birth, we have the Most Holy Name of Mary, we have the uh, Sorrows of Mary, and we even have in some religious orders in some places throughout the world the celebration of Our Lady of Mercy, (coughs) Our Lady of Ransom on the 24th of September. So we have a lot during September. Um, This is all about, I think, seeing Mary as the Mother of the Lord, and then... Uh, we, because of our relationship with God, have a special relationship with her. Uh, we're the sons and daughters of Mary because we are the brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, um, I think we see these great days and feast days and celebrations as a reminder of the fact that Mary is the mother of the Lord and we are her sons and daughters because of our relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really fits in so beautifully. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ben Senior. Yes. All right, folks, you're listening to Straight Talk. You can call in with any questions you might have, 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. Or you can submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. (coughs) Looks like we have an anonymous question that was submitted. We hear about this idea of temperance. What is it, and how is that different from prudence? Great question. So um, this actually refers to two of, of what the, the, the church has long called the four cardinal virtues, the, the chief, if you will, cardinal moral virtues, um, not just in the life of the Christian, but really the life of, of anyone seeking to live the virtuous life. They were identified even uh, before the time of Jesus by some of the pagan philosophers like Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, and so on. So prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude. Prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude. So in addition to temperance and prudence, there is fortitude and justice, which are the other, and not injustice, sorry. And justice. I want to be clear. Injustice <laughs> is not a virtue. Right. <laughs> um, so uh, temperance is about tempering our appetites, our desires for um, goods. I would say material goods, material pleasures, um, whether it be food or drink or sexual pleasure, any of those sorts of pleasures. Um, all of the virtues that, that are associated with that, abstinence, chastity, and so on, they all fall under, they're all daughters, uh, as the tradition says, of, of the virtue of temperance. So it's not about saying, Monsignor, that any of those 
those desires are bad or those things that we consume like food and drink are bad. They're obviously they're good things from the Lord, but we have to order our desires properly and temperance is the overarching virtue that helps us um, sort of properly order. Uh, so gluttony is a sin against the virtue of abstinence and therefore against the, uh, the virtue of temperance because we might eat too much. Um, on the other hand, and I'm curious to hear months hear what you think. Prudence is, is simply is, is about to me it's akin to wisdom. I mean it's just in all things making wise choices, doing what's the best thing in the moment. So it is sometimes I think the, the analogy if I'm the metaphors, the backbone of the virtues, prudence is um, in, in, in the entire life of virtue, whereas temperance is really about uh, material or earthly goods being properly ordered. Yes, Dr. Bergwald, and interestingly too uh, when we talk about those four cardinal virtues, usually prudence is listed number one. Yes. And the, it's even been called the queen, queen of, yes. of the cardinal yes. virtues. And so I think this question by our anonymous friend here uh, is on to something because when you think about it, as you said, Dr. Bergwald, uh, temperance is to order these desires, especially for food and drink and for the desire for the uh, act that leads to reproduction. Um but uh, let's remember here that prudence, as you said, is about right judgment, right conduct. Right. So uh, they're very closely connected. You know, prudence helps us know how to be temperate right. and how to practice temperance. So they are. These four cardinal virtues are very much connected. They're related. Yes, they're related. Um, the, could you speak more than your own understanding of the distinction then? They're related. I guess it'd be prudence because it's the queen, it's the backbone. It has a broader application. Yes. It also apply maybe to the intellectual. Well, even in the intellectual life, there's the, the vice which I succumb to of vain curiosity, <laughs> which falls under temperance, I believe. <laughs> Uh, but uh, justice, other um, ways that prudence isn't the same as temperance. Anything else come to your mind? Yes. Um, I think when we think about it, prudence has this particular relationship not only to temperance, but also to justice and fortitude, yeah. the other two uh, virtues here. We're speaking about the cardinal virtues. So as you say, prudence is about right conduct. And then we say to ourselves, okay, justice is about giving another his due. So prudence helps in order to know how to do that. Yep. And yep. then when it comes to fortitude, fortitude is about embracing um, kinds of challenging and arduous uh, difficulties. Uh, it's all about seeking to live in Christ in very trying circumstances. And of course, prudence, again, allows us to know how to do that in a particular time. Right. You know, um, so I think when we look at that, as you say, there's something very important here about prudence as really kind of the umbrella in some way for the other three uh, cardinal virtues. Amen. Well, for, the, for those of you that are just tuning in, we are doing our Straight Talk segment where it's your opportunity to call in with questions that you might have for Monsignor Charles Mangan or Dr. Chris Bergwald. Our number is 877-795-0122. Again, that's 877-795-0122. Or you can submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. And it looks like we're going to head on over to the phones. Tiffany, are you with us? I am. Good morning. Good morning, morning Tiffany. Thank you for calling in. And what question do you have for us this morning? 
So I do have a question. Um, so my question is about books and authors that are business-related. So I love mm-hmm. to read what I'll call business books, and there's some good ones out there. But I would really love to read some that are written with our faith in mind. Um, there's so many authors and those that are on social media that profess about God and business, but I'm not really sure if who I'm reading is who I should be reading and if they're consistent with our faith. So I'm hoping that maybe you can give me some direction. Like even, for instance, there's a good book by um, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, but mm-hmm. I'm not really sure if I should just be like reading some of these and taking snippets out or actually you know, following. And if you can give me some recommendations on maybe authors to read. Sure. Thanks, Tiffany. It's a great question. Um, to me, really, your question gets at how does our faith impact other the other parts of our life, in, in this case, and particularly the life of, of the, the business person, business owner, person who works for a business, which obviously is, is many, if not most of us in the working world. Um, I, immediately when you were speaking, I thought about a book which is <laughs> has, has a title directly applicable to your question, Tiffany. It's called A Catechism for Business with the, t- with the, the subtitle Tough Ethical Questions and Insights from Catholic Teaching. Um, so this is by two professors at the Catholic University of America, which sort of... Um, they're not sort of leadership books. I'll, I'll get to some other ones that come to my mind there, but it, it was the first thing that came to my mind in, ca- in the case um, of a recommended resource. Again, it's called A Catechism for Business, Tough Ethical Questions and Insights from Catholic Teaching. Originally came out in 2014, so about five years ago, but there's already been a second edition to that book. Um, you know, there there are, I think, throughout our listening area, certainly, as you may be familiar with, in the Sioux Falls area, there are different faith and business organizations, um, and I'm sure you could be in touch with some of them for recommendations, but some authors that come to my mind, there's uh, a man, Alexander Havard uh, is his last name. He's got a couple of, uh, he's Catholic with some great leadership materials. And then you mentioned other books, too, like uh, uh, Rabbi David Lapin, um, and there are some Protestant and Orthodox authors who I know. Dave Ramsey uh, might be familiar to many of our listeners. Um, he's uh, a Protestant uh, radio personality and author. And um, Michael Hyatt um, is also f- from the same area, Tennessee area, but he's an uh, actually he's Orthodox. Uh, he's a deacon in his church. He's um, a, a, a leader on leadership who I personally turn to. So I think... Tiffany, there are some great Catholic authors out there, as you as as you're asking about, um, and I just mentioned a couple of them. But then also, um, we can be confident that when we have a certain level of formation, uh, Monsignor, don't you think that when you have a certain level of formation, that you could read from um, authors of other traditions, Jewish, Catholic. Uh, Protestant rather and Orthodox, um, and and be able to take from them good things while maybe leaving others. Yes, I think that's true, Dr. Bergwald. And there, uh, as you say, there are some things we can appropriate. Um, I'm not familiar with the book uh, that uh, the author that uh, Tiffany mentioned, Rabbi Rabbi Lappin, but um, there may be some principles there that can be very yep, useful. Exactly. Yep. Uh, one thing I might say to Tiffany also is that I know that at times EWTN has done some things with um, programming about business and uh, it might be even just to take a look at what might be available in the EWTN catalog. I'm thinking of um, the former professional football player, Danny Abramovitz, 
uh, who did some work with men in business, and certainly that would apply to, I'm sure in many cases, to women as well. Uh, so that might be something to think about. Yep, definitely. And um, I, I mentioned Alexander Havard, Tiffany. Um, his first name, Alexander, is spelled D-R-E, so Alexandre, but it's Alexander. Havard, H-A-V-A-R-D. So if you just do an internet search for him, you'll find not only books, but also a website that he has on virtuous leadership. Um, I've got a couple of his books. And I might just say in conclusion with that, too, that uh, obviously the more we can understand the church's social teaching yes. uh, with the popes from... Uh, Pope Leo Thirteenth onward, I think that uh, that will be very much a framework for us in any kind of discussion about business and our responsibilities in business. Amen. Wonderful. Does that answer your question, Tiffany? It does. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. So when I said before you guys are know-it-alls, I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing that will stump either of you. It is amazing. Uh, Between the two of us, we can cover some things. (laughs) That's just amazing. Wonderful. Well, if you've enjoyed any of those questions, I always want to give people reminders that they can go back and listen to um, these shows. We have them up on our podcast on our app, or you can go to yourcatholicradiostation.com and tune in and listen to them there. But. Oh, by the way, I, speaking of which, I, I do make a plug for the other show that I'm on on the network, at least in the Sioux Falls area. Yes. Ignition um, is a broadcast that I do that's you can find, even if you're not in the Sioux Falls listening area, um, through the website. Um, we're going to be doing a series on the Cardinal of Virtues with uh, Jason Heron, who teaches at Mount Marty College, later this fall. Um, in late September into October on prudence, That'll justice, temperance, fortitude. So, yes, uh, we've been running lots of reruns of Ignition lately, but we're getting some new programs coming up. So, new fresh anyway, but enough about me, Monsignor. Well, no, but that's great. I, let's talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're probably about out of time for more calls. And so we're just going to chit chat for a little bit. So, Monsignor, what is your thesis on? Uh, the Mariology of St. John Fisher to look at the Marian references in his writings. Now, many of our listeners will know that uh, John Fisher died in 1535, the same year as St. Thomas More, just a couple weeks apart. Uh, he was the Bishop of Rochester, England, uh, a great scholar. Some considered him to be the most intelligent man in Europe at the time. Yeah. Um, he had an incredible library, which unfortunately was destroyed by the agents of the king. Mm. in around 1534. So a lot of the works of St. John Fisher we don't have anymore. But what we have I would call very concise, very precise, and certainly in line with the Catholic tradition. Beautiful. We're going to have one of those in our diocese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might be, it might be a, a good um, topic for a segment. It might be. Great. might be. Well, thank you for all of you who have called in questions. We appreciate any questions. And we do this segment every day now. Real Presence Live is every day, and you can call in with any questions that you might have every weekday. Sorry. <laughs> that voice in you my can, head is correcting you. You can try it. and call in on Saturday. Is that Jimmy Cricket? I think Eli comes in on Saturdays. Oh, oh does he? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just any question, I just, I love to hear what our listeners come up with. It's fascinating. Just absolutely fascinating. But it's also uh, questions that are on their minds and things that are dealing with what they have. Thank you. And, 
we, just the whole thing is a question. I think we, we should never be afraid to ask a question. To uh, was it John, Cardinal soon to be Saint John Henry Newman, Monsignor, who said that uh, a thousand questions do, do not make a single doubt. Yes, and some translations oh. say a thousand difficulties don't make a doubt. But the, the whole idea yeah. that you know questions and difficulties are not the same thing as a persistent doubt that we embrace and want. Very different. Amen. You know, love it. Ask love away. It. Thank you, Monsignor, for joining You're us welcome, today. You're welcome, Heather. Dr. It's been a Rigol. pleasure. Thanks to all who called in with your questions. Reminder, this is on Monday through Friday at 9.30. Coming up next, we look forward to hearing about Jennifer Schaefer's inspirational journey of finding her way back home to the Catholic faith during Inspired Sharing Your Journey. And later in the show, we'll be ready to hear more about the great events in our listening area during our 10-minute tour. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we'll be back in just a moment.